Finch, you fall through a magical stream. Swirling bright lights of pink, blue, purple, and green surround you. The red orb is clasped in your grip as you fall. The swirling lights around you get brighter and brighter and turn to a bright, blinding white light before you eventually fall face first onto the back of a huge beast. Prone on your belly, holding the red orb outstretched in front of you, you look up from this prone position and standing right over you are three heads on a single creature. The heads tilt on their sides curiously and then start to come in for an attack. off the northeastern coast lies an island called Monotea. This is an ancient place that goes back to the time of the Forlorians, a time when the elves hid from the giant race before the First Age. Back then, the elves were hunted, captured, and killed by the ancient giant race. The Forlorians met their demise during the Beast Wars, a war that lasted centuries when the creatures of the realm of Dorla found their way into Aces, instinctively claiming lands and bringing an infestation to the plain. The Forlarians, knowing the elves were hiding on Monotea, would capture some of these Dwarlin beasts and let them loose on the island to keep the elves in hiding. These beasts have lived for millennia, surpassing the time of the Forlarians, bringing danger to the small tribes and villages of elves of Monotea. And today, in the year 917 of the Third Age, not many elven elders are alive to tell the tales of their survival. But with the help of the Lathansian Wardens, they have protected the ancient and sacred lands of Monotea. That is what brings us here on a rocky but wooded mountaintop. Here's where we meet four elves who have been hired by the wardens to hunt and kill a beast that recently laid waste to an entire village. Ten miles in all directions is a perimeter set by the wardens to keep the beast from escaping. But these four? These four find themselves in the midst of a lingering fight with a multi-headed beast a beast that has recently killed 20 or more immortal elven lives. In the center of these broken ruins, a chimera stands in front of them on the defensive. It has three different heads on it. The head on its left is the head of a lion with an arcane rune glowing green on its forehead. The head in the center is the head of a hound whose fur is charred, and its skin is cracked with flames burning within. And the head on its right is the head of a green-scaled, yellow-under-its-chin serpent. Give me initiatives. First up, we meet our adventurer, Dalevin. So I am a older wood elf with uh, long white hair, very wrinkly complexion. I'm wearing some uh, very natural green colored uh, clothing. Any weapons? Uh, I have a quarter staff on my back. All right. 
Where do you find yourself in this combat, Dalevin? So I'm uh, in some ruins behind the uh, chimera, underneath the tower, kind of out of the way. And what would your attack against this chimera be? I'm going to peer around uh, the wall and look at the chimera, and I'll utter an arcane incantation and uh, cast fairy fire on it. All right. As you cast fairy fire, does it take any kind of save or anything? It does. A dexterity save. It's going to be a big old five for the chimera. Ooh, he fails. This chimera lights up in purple light, giving a beacon to all those that are in combat, giving them advantage on their next attacks. Dalevin, do you plan on making any movement, bonus actions, anything? Nope, just I'm going to peer out of the wall, cast fairy fire, and then just kind of get back behind the wall. All right. And after Dalevin, we meet our next adventurer, Rafil. Hey, I'm uh, I'm Radams. I'm Rafil Tool. He's a wood elf. He's tall, lanky. He's got white dreads. He tried for them dreads, really didn't do shit to his hair for a long time to get those dreads. If you picture like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo, that's kind of what he looks like. (laughs) And he's just positioned at the back of this monster and he's just punching it like unarmed. If you ever watched uh, Mountain Morphin Power Rangers whenever they would be in uh, combat and they'd be like, that's what he's doing. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. All right, you want to give me some of those unarmed strikes then? Sure. Actually, there's going to be a flurry of blows. Okay. There's going to be a 20. 20 is a hit. Uh, A crit. Critical is also a hit. Uh, 18. 18 is a hit. (laughs) That's a 15. 15 is a hit. Nice. So this is going to (laughs) be... So three regulars and a crit. Correct. Okay. 24 damage for the, the first three. All right. It's 13. 13 additional damage. And he's just... Every hit, he's got to like... <laughs> something. And after Rafil, we move on to Petra. We meet our next character. I am Petra Balfwood. Please do meet you. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Petra is a rather tall wood elf. She has white hair up in a bun. All three of you have white hair. <laughs> What's up? Yeah. From the same plan, maybe. We know um, each other. She has white hair in a bun, but shaved sides. Gotta keep it, you know, fashion. Um, she has amber eyes, because that's the color of her energy. Olive skin. And, uh... Why are we just letting that go? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Petra has like a green tank, very neutral green, tan pants, and she's got a leather armor over one shoulder, one free for better bow action, and her bow is made out of uh, antlers. Gotta use the whole animal. So she is rushing up behind this chimera. She's going to draw both of her short swords. And how tall is this beast? How tall, I'm not sure. It is a large beast, though. Okay. Well, she is going to get a running start and attempt to drive her short swords into this beast and attempt to climb it to the head. All right. Are you saying you're using the short swords to, like, be your bracing for the climb? Yes. On its back? Okay. Uh, well, it's going to be a difficult check here. Uh, I'm going to give you an acrobatics check for your movement. Okay. That is a 23. 
23 is a success, so you get a running start and jump towards the back of this chimera. Give me a attack with one of the short swords. What I'm going to say is you'll need two successful hits with the short swords, and then you'll have to have a successful grappling to stay on with the short swords. 25. That is definitely a hit. Uh, so that is a 20. All right. They're both hit. So go ahead and give me the damage for those short swords. So that's six plus eight. So 14. All right. Now give me a grappling check in order to stay on there. 19. 19 is a success. So you find yourself holding on to the swords on the back of this beast. Petra will say, die, you beast. (laughs) (laughs) After Petra, we come to our last character introduction, Anarin. Hello, I am Rytom, and I will be playing Anarin, the level two wizard, level five barbarian. (laughs) Okay, I was about to say, what? (laughs) Uh, Anarin is a relatively young looking, at least, wood elf. He has long black hair not silver. (laughs) Um, He is wearing pretty much just animal pelts um, on his lower half, shirtless, of course, as all barbarians are. He is wielding two hand axes, uh, and you also notice that on his left hand going up his arm is some sort of like strange scarring pattern. It almost looks like a tribal tattoo, and he is standing front and center of this chimera, uh, (laughs) uh, giving a good old uh, Dragon Ball Z power-up yell. All right, is that it? What? Is that your attack? Uh, no, that is... <laughs> just that yelling. Is, uh, that is my bonus action to rage. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. No, he's just giving you the experience first. Then <laughs> <laughs> he'll take his turn. So yeah, I'm going to uh, rage, and as a wild magic barbarian, <laughs> uh, I'm going to roll on my wild magic chart. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Do you have a separate wild magic chart in the sorcerer one? Yes. What but, the fuck? How? I thought we invented wild magic. No, me too. <laughs> what, what type of barbarian are you? A wild magic barbarian. I feel so betrayed. Isn't that a new playtest thing? Uh, no, it was in Tasha's. Oh, the crit chart's just us, right? Okay. So we we invented something. <laughs> <laughs> As I'm giving my good old DBZL, you see arcane energy sort of swirl up around me, and uh, you see flowers and vines temporarily growing around me. Do these flowers and vines do anything? Until my rage ends. Uh, the ground within 15 feet of me is difficult terrain. All right. Nice. He's like storm, but grass. Um, and after that, I will uh, use my action to make two um, attacks with my hand axes. All right. Uh, it's going to be a 26 for the first one. 26 is a hit. And a 16 for the second. 16 is also a hit. Uh, that's going to be 18 slashing damage total. So as Anarin's turn ends, we go to the Chimera who tail whips behind it, attacking both Petra and Raphael at the same time. Um, am I on top of it? Oh yeah, you are on top of it, Never mind. You're just, so it's just, it's a tail whip at Raphael behind and that attack is going to be a 17. Ooh, hit. 16 damage. God damn, okay. And then it looks at you in anger, Anarin and you see flame building up from the hellhound's head. It exhales fire in a 15-foot cone in your direction. Do you have any saves, like any special saves against magic? Um, I have advantage on deck saves. All right, this is a deck save, so. Uh, uh, against effects that I can see, which I assume I can see this. Yeah, you can see this billowing up. All right, so take advantage on a dexterity save. Uh, that's gonna be a 15. Defender wins. 
Oh, dang it. I was hoping I failed. I have so many mechanics. Well, you still take half damage, if that helps with your effects. No. 18 fire damage, which is already half. All right. And then it reaches with one of its front claws on its back at you, Petra, trying to claw you as you're going up its back. For a 26. When a large or larger creature you see within five feet of you hits or misses you with an attack, you can use your reaction to attack that creature immediately after its attack. All right. Uh, So this will first do 11 damage to you, and then you'll be using your reaction, I think you said, to... You will basically be doing that to repost the Chimera. Two seventeens. Um, That's a hit. <laughs> Seven. Seven additional damage. All right. So uh, as the claw comes in into your back and he, then he releases to balance himself, you take your short sword and claw at his forearm as it's releasing away, dealing an additional seven damage. And then something strange happens. The Chimera whips its wings back and then flaps them down. Give me strength checks, the three of you that are near. Uh, 15. 24. 28. Grit. All three of you hold steady here. And as you kind of brace for that wind that's pushed at you, trying to knock you back, you look up above the Chimera and you see something shining. A white light is coming through. And then all of a sudden, about 10 feet above the Chimera, the four of you see this blinding white light dampen quickly. And falling from the sky onto the back of that Chimera, you see a human man hit the back of the Chimera and fall off to the side. Finch, please give me a dexterity save as you come falling out of nowhere. 18. All right, so holding the red orb in your hand, you don't lose grip of it. It doesn't go falling out of your hand, but you do hit the ground, taking 12 damage as you fall from the sky. And then I'll need initiative. And we are at the top of the round of this combat with Dalevin. Why, Joe, who is that? <laughs> I think that's the first we got your character voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's Sean Connery, y'all. Why, <laughs> Joe? All right, so I'm going to cast uh, Frostbite, and he will make a constitution save. All right. It's going to be a big old 23. Yeah, so I'm, I'm distracted by this human falling out of the sky, and I mess up my incantation. All right. And this you said this was Frostbite? Yes, it's a cantrip. And is there anything else you'd like to do on your turn, Dalevin? Any movement or bonus actions? Nope. All right. So you stay hiding behind that ruins wall, and we move on to Raphael. He'll just, like, look towards where Finch fell and just be like, whoa, who's the dirty laundry? And then just, like, turn back towards the beast and start, ew, 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 another. <laughs> another flurry of blows. We're just going to keep doing that. He mad, but not, he, he's upset. We'll say that. He's bothered. Hiya. That's going to be an 18 for the initial unarmed strike. 18's a hit. One more. That's going to be a 19. That's going to hit as well. So two hits. Damage on that. 13. And I'm going to use a, a hand of healing as an action when I 
I can spend a key point to touch a creature and get 1d6 hit points. But when I use Flurry of Blows, I can replace one on Arm Strike with the use of this without spending a key point. And I'm going to do that because I got my shit rocked. All right. Six HP back. All right. You need to climb back because of that hurt. And is there anything else you'd like to do on your turn, Raphael? I know what I would do, but that's not what he would do. All right. So no. All right. <laughs> So after Raphael, we move on to Petra. I, Petra, cast Hunter's Mark on the beast. All right. And then I will do how how high up am I? We'll say like you're halfway up its spine so far. So you you haven't gotten to the neck yet. I'll uh, continue climbing with my short swords, heading for the, the hound head in the middle. All right. Uh, so give me two attacks with these short swords. Oh, fuck. I got two fives. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be uh, well, one miss. Plus seven. So 12? Yeah. That'll still be a miss. Okay. And then uh, 16? 16 is a hit. So uh, give me the damage for that second one. So it would be 10. All right. 10 damage. And because you didn't get that second short sword in, if you want to stay on its back, I'm going to say you'll need to do another grappling check, but this time at disadvantage because you're only doing it with one hand. I'll, I'll see if I can do it. Ain't scared no beast. That is 18. 18 is a success. So you stay on the back of this chimera. We'll say that you're in his upper back, but you haven't reached the neck yet. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to do on your turn, Petra? No. Anarin, you're now on your turn. Uh, I'm going to look over at this person that just fell from the sky and landed right next to me, and I'm going to yell in Elvish. What is this human doing here? And then I'm going to keep attacking this beast. All right. Uh, it's going to be a 24. 24 is a hit. 25. 25 is also a hit. And then I'll use my bonus action to uh, make a another attack with my two-weapon fighting. Okay. For another 25. All right, yeah, all three hit. Uh, that's going to be 22 slashing damage total. All right. Standing in front of this chimera, you take your hand axes and you just like flurry with them, cutting, like slashing across its chest as it's reared up with uh, Petra on its back as it's trying to figure out what to do about that situation. And after Anarin, we move on to Finch. Finch, you're currently prone. Uh, in front of you is a multi-headed beast that you've never seen before. And there's a bunch of elves fighting it around you. Uh, I'm probably, like, first and foremost going to, like, look at my hand, see and realize that the orb is still there, shove it into my little side satchel as fast as I can, and then I'm just going to, like, scramble away to the nearest hiding place I can find, like, something to, like, get my wits about me about the situation. All right, so uh, you only need to use your bonus action to disengage, I'm assuming? Sure. Also, you know what? I'm not going to consider him a friend, so this will be difficult terrain for him. <laughs> That's fair. Wow. So Finch, as you stand up, I'm actually going to roll because this is a magical effect. You don't have any way to negate this unless there's something I'm missing. You stand up and you start to disengage and you can feel these vines and flowers reaching at your ankles trying to hold you in place, but you escape out of it 15 feet away and you turn to assess the situation real quick. Um, I guess I'm going to say that because you're assessing the situation, quote unquote, you'll take on some sort of condition if you fail this. Give me an insight check. 15. All right, so you turn and you gauge the situation real quickly, seeing that this beast that's definitely foreign to Asus, uh, you know beast, you, you're a ranger, you've been in the in the woods, in the wilderness, and these elves seem to be trying to take it down, probably because it's a danger to the area. 
And so it'll be your call on what you want to do at this point. Yeah, I think now that I've got like a grasp on what's going on and I'm not about to die, I'll see the situation and decide to try and pitch in and I'll, and I'll take a couple shots. All right. Okay, so minus five to that first one would be 11 plus that, right? Okay, so yeah, that's 25. 25 is a hit. <laughs> God. 11 plus that. <laughs> ah, Jesus Christ. I like how that that is more than the 11. Yeah. That is a hit. So the second one is 14. 14 is a miss. All right. 32 damage, Dave. You take an arrow and you release it and it flies far off in the distance. But the second one flies so true and it goes directly into the heart of the chimera you see it reach back into the air its claws reaching for the sky and it starts to fall backwards onto its back trying to find its balance rafil and petra please give me dexterity saves as this large beast attempts to fall on top of you 15 crit miss 15 is a success the crit miss however is not um, and as this beast hits you, Raphael, as you're trying to dodge out of the way, it just knocks you to the side with its weight, uh, not landing directly on top of you, but it does do some significant damage with its weight. 27 bludgeoning damage <laughs> as the weight pretty much lands on you and then you just crawl out from underneath it. Do I? <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're knocked out. I got one HP. Holy oh, damn. <laughs> As the beast lays still and the four of you see this human that has now breathing heavily as it just went from one fight to another, it comes to a calm. And the mountain wind is the only thing you hear. Some hooting owls in the distance at night. I'm going to see uh, Roth very, very hurt as he's crawling out from under the chimera. And uh, I'm going to cast Healing Word. Hey. All right. And it'll be at level two. That'll be nine... HP. Oh, oh, thanks, D. That was gnarly, man. Yeah, you almost got smushed. I did get smushed. I'll kind of start moseying my way to the group very slowly, using my uh, quarterstaff as a walking stick. I'm very frail, by the way. I have a <laughs> negative one in strength. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, I'm going to, in the midst of my still rage and having a kill stolen from me, I'm going to turn <laughs> and look at this new human and just mean mug the shit out of them. And then you see my rage drop, and then I'll uh, turn back and uh, approach the group. Also in anger <laughs> uh, from the stolen kill, uh, Petra is going to finish climbing to the base of the neck, wrap her legs around the hound's head, and take both of her short swords and just in one swoop action, cut the head off. Right. And then as the head's falling, I'm going to... Um, jump to the ground. All right, give me a uh, dexterity check for that. You know what? Make it a performance check. Um, <laughs> can I re-roll? <laughs> nope. That's a three. <laughs> so you take your two short swords and you get underneath its uh, neck and you go to slice. It doesn't come off in one, so you just slice again and again and again. It takes like four or five efforts, but eventually the hellhound's head falls off of the body. 
Now, what's more impactful, honestly? <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, just so you know, she's very mad at me right now because she couldn't do this cool moment for free. <laughs> I think it, it looks more vicious that way. Yeah. And I kind of sheathed my bow back around myself as I do. I guess at this point, everyone's kind of like focused back in the group. They're not looking at me anymore. I'm just kind of standing on the sidelines, it feels like. Is that how it is, y'all? I'm looking at him. Yeah, I don't yeah, think I'm looking so. At you. Yeah, I want to. Uh, I wanted to just come check on Roth, but after that, I would be focused yeah, on at least him. Looking at me, so I, I'm. I'm gonna do that, and then just kind of like bring my hands up and like kind of start to slowly approach. And I, I'm friendly. I mean, I mean no harm. And then I'll, I'll also make some good berries and be like, I, I think these could help your friend, and kind of start to reach them out as I approach. When you cast good berries, Finch. Something strange. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't feel like it pulls any life force from you. I'll notice it, but I probably won't think too much about it or say anything, but it's definitely like a... We can definitely say I noticed. You for sure noticed. Something felt very different. And so I'm slowly approaching with a handful of good berries. I'll uh, approach him first from the group and uh, look at the good berries. I'm sure I recognize them. Sure. And you saw... We'll say that there's like a magical aura, like light that comes from his hand as he like covers his palm in one and then reveals the good berries coming out of thin air basically. I'll, I'll just look down at him and then look back up at Finch and extend my hand. I hope your friend is okay. You should definitely help. You? Where? From? I'm honestly probably just as confused as you are. Uh, I think I fell through a portal or something. I'm not from here. I don't know where I am or what even time it is or day it is. Uh, you see me just looking back at my companions. I'll start to make my way up to them. Pardon my friend, stranger. He, he does not speak much common. Okay. You said you came from a portal? Well, I'm actually... I'm from the Fourth Age. <laughs> <laughs> what? what? Be, oh, wait, wait. The what? <laughs> what have been known as the Fourth Age? Yeah, you also don't know... Age? I would assume we call it the Fourth Age, yeah, right? I mean, in the timeline. Y'all are in the Third Age, so you, you know that. <laughs> and I just... I know that I've time traveled before, so I'm just going to go ahead <laughs> okay. and start from here. <laughs> what year is it what what is the fourth age what age is this it's 917 917 of the third age third age okay okay also for you four the first age and the second age go 3000 years each keep that in mind okay so we think he's from like thousands of years in the future yes okay. how many years are in the third just a thousand well there's something that happened <laughs> yeah, just I kind of cut the third age off. a little short. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm also going to walk the Goodberries back over after uh, De La Vaughn came over. Uh, I'm going to walk the Goodberries back over to Roth and just hand them to him and say, Here, friend. Oh, dude, thanks. These are dope. They've touched three people's hands so far, but I don't mind that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks, bro. You seem totally spaced out, but you seem cool. Well, well, thank you. You guys seem like great fighters. And what is this beast? Well, this here is a, a chimera. It, it is believed that they are from Dwala. In- interesting. I've never seen anything like it before. It's intense. So where exactly are we? You mean like, like specifically the, or like? I, I assume this is Asus, correct? Uh, yeah. Yes. And so where on Asus am I? Well, this is Lothansis. Lathansis? Never been to Lathansis before. You're in Lathansis, bro. I'm going to kind of look around in wonderment, because I, I don't know. To me, it seems like kind of a 
fancy magical like story. Sure, I mean this is where Felmir's kind of from. Yeah, so. like it's the only place I've ever heard about for sure. Well, I've never met anyone from the fourth age before. I'll just kind of start walking around him and looking him, looking him up and down. Give me a perception check or an investigation check. I'm sorry. Fifteen. As you're investigating him, Dalevin, he's got some interesting things about him. His bow is very elegant. It's definitely probably magical. It looks elven made even. He's got a an interesting glove on his left hand, and then there's also on his side uh, like a a barrel with a handle and some sort of metal switch coming from it. What are these strange artifacts that you have on you? And I'll uh, just kind of poke at the uh, the gun with my quarterstaff. <laughs> oh, well, uh, yeah, I'm sure this one looks pretty foreign to you, but um, I'll, I'll kind of like take it out of the sheath and hold it in my hands like horizontally. Where I come from, this is called a flintlock. It's actually very up-and-coming technology. It's very new. But so there's this uh, black powder stuff that ignites. And with the compression here and these balls, and then you light it and you stuff everything in there and you pull this little switch and just go shooting out. Make it, it's very loud. It goes bang. Wait, wait, hold, hold on, man. My, Did I just get hit too hard in the head or are you really telling me you're from the future? Yeah, well, would you like to see? What? I'm yes. Gonna, I'm going to start to load the, the flintlock. Right. I walk over eagerly. All right. And then uh, I'll just point it at the chimera, because why not? And, and, I, and I'm like, all right, so again, this is this is going to be loud. I'm going to go one, two. The flitlock fires off. It's very loud. And you'll watch the chimera as a, a hole is created and blood of the chimera just kind of starts pouring out of it. Whoa, that's far the fuck out, man. Oh, may I? And I'll extend my hand. <laughs> Uh, I guess since it's not, lo- yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll just, I'll give it to him without reloading it or anything. Just, just I'm just gonna start at furiously it. pulling the trigger. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you, you have to load it each time. It, it's a little time-consuming. So uh, show, show me. And so I, I'll take it and then I'll demonstrate loading it and then I'll hand it to him and I'll be like, now be care- careful where you point this thing. Don't point at anything you don't want to kill. I'm actually gonna take a. Uh... <laughs> I guess a survival check. Give me a survival check. I love the the American gun laws in a nutshell that just happened right now. <laughs> we just handed this. <laughs> like, here, I'll load it for you. Be careful. <laughs> like, if you know there's not a single person on the planet right now that should have that shit in. Never mind. <laughs> uh, that's going to be a 14 survival. Okay. You, like, go and grab it, and your finger goes towards the trigger, and but you feel, like, how it's a little loose, and you don't pull back too quickly. Uh, so he definitely doesn't have a proper... Yeah, if he doesn't, like, automatically shoot it, I'll try and, like, get on, like, widen your stance and stiffen your arm, put your other hand underneath the handle. You want to be stable. It's got a lot of kick. I'll follow his instructions. All right. And then uh, as soon as he stops instructing me, I'm just going to shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> And then you shoot it. We'll say with the survival check, it covers that as well. And yeah, the the gun shoots, and it's loud, and there's a little bit of a kickback. Your wrist wasn't really ready for it, but you you prepped yourself enough. Ah, fun. <laughs> Again. No, <I'll> hate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, maybe maybe a little later. I, I'm still still trying to figure things out here, if you don't mind. And I'll just uh, slowly sheath it. What time of day is it? Uh, it's nighttime. Nighttime. Well, maybe we should uh, make camp here, and you can tell us about this portal that you went through. 
Sure, yes. If you guys uh, don't mind me hanging out for the night, I'd really appreciate, you know, some company right now trying to, again, figure this whole thing out. Hey, hey, well, everybody, real quick, I have a question. Did they ever specify how much we were getting paid for this? Pay? We're not getting paid. You're not getting paid? This is to save lives. I was hired. This is for the safety of our tribes. I was hired for money. The warden said we must do this. So when he didn't specify a price, he means there is no price. I'm hungry, man. Whoops, no, you're not. You just ate. <laughs> I ate today. Those good berries. I needed the money for later. Well, then we shall hunt for food. There's plenty of good meat right here. I'll motion to the chimera. <laughs> I feel like killing something. That's dumb. You already did, right? We just killed this thing. No, he did. And I'll dart my eyes at well, Finch. I also helped. dart my eyes at I Finch. couldn't have done it without you guys. I was only trying to help. How how do we know you did not come through the same portal as the Chimera? I've, well, I mean, you just got to trust me, I guess. I can tell you, I, I've certainly never seen anything like that before, so it didn't come with me or anywhere I'm from. Uh, I'm going to approach Finch again, and uh, I'm going to stick out my uh, left arm with uh, my scarring on it, and you see it sort of start to glow slightly, uh, and I'm going to use my magical awareness ability. Okay. Uh, as an action, I can open my awareness to the presence of concentrated magic. Until the end of my next turn, I know the location of any spell or magical item within 60 feet of me that is not behind total cover. So I just want to like check for any sort of like residual magical effects from coming from a portal. Okay. So this Chimera actually doesn't have any residual effects on it. Okay. But Finch does. We'll say that there's like maybe some sparkly residue like on his shoulders where maybe he was going through face first and through the portal mm. um, and so like his head and his t upper abdomen is kind of covered and then does this basically work like detect magic to see other magical things essentially but it only lasts until like for six seconds and so you also catch that the glove he's holding is magical and so is his bow and there is something round in a pouch that is emitting a magical aura well I guess technically that's behind total cover Okay, yeah, it would be. It sits in the bag. So, yeah, you don't see that then since it's behind. It's in the bag. He definitely came from a portal recently. I can sense the magic on him. And you're saying this in Elven, right? Yes. I'm. If I'm speaking in more than one word, phrases <laughs> at a time, it's in Elvish. Okay. I don't trust him. You say that in Elvish? Yes. <laughs> and in Elvish, I'll say, well, he, he did help us all out there. He is a good shot. He's yeah. an excellent shot. In common, I will say, I think he's a pretty cool dude. <laughs> I'll look at him. I'm just kind of nod. Like, Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and we're in the middle of like a forest, right? Yeah. So this island is covered in ancient ruins that have completely fallen apart, either due to battles with beasts or maybe the Forlarians years and years and years and thousands of years ago, or they've just fallen because of time. And on the top of this mountain, you did find a set of ruins where this chimera was hiding out. Okay. There's like trees and whatnot. Yeah, there's it's, it's a rocky mountain, but there are definitely like a wooded area kind of around its peak. Okay. So I'm going to reach down and try to grab like a log to start, you know, start a campfire. Okay. And I'm visibly going to struggle with it. And I'm going to use my wild shape to transform into an ape. <laughs> and as, as I do that, I'm going to like give a big stretch and crack my back out. And then I'm going to easily start picking picking up uh, logs and bringing them to the group to start a campfire. All right. I've never seen that before. So that kind of makes my eyes go real wide. <laughs> so uh, 
Roth is going to break out his mess kit, which he is proficient with, by the way, but you guys already knew that. And uh, be like, hey, so if someone could help me cut off a leg of this thing, I could cook it up and we could have some dinner tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Quiet character, my ass. (laughs) That's what I was thinking. Uh, Very well, and I'll... uh, brandish both of my axes as I'm walking over to the chimera. Alright. And just start hacking away at his leg. Yeah, I'm um, removing the fangs from the serpent and as Ooh. well as the lion. Give me a survival check on mm, that. Okay. 13. Alright. So as you go to remove a fang from the serpent's head, you notice that like a greenish ichor starts to pour from its uh, fang as, like from the near the gums. You pull away with your hand real quickly as you realize it's a poison that's coming out. You don't poison yourself, but you take... Uh, you take is th- it a poison or is it venom? Mm. <laughs> I get... Why are you asking? Poison and venom are like different. They're and different. Like they're you know, Colby of- gave me a hard time about this in the disc golf course the other day. A snake would be venomous. And so is a spider. But isn't it still a poison? Mechanically, no. D&D mechanically speaking, they're the same thing. <laughs> but if it gets on my hand, it's not going to hurt me. It's if it gets in my skin. And yeah. Well, this is but this no. is this is the magic world of Ace, <laughs> where venom and poison are the same. <laughs> but you pull away quickly before any of this venom gets on your skin, and you take some cloth and uh, you grab at the at the fang and yank it out of its mouth. Is um, the venom? I'm sorry. Is the venom like <laughs> flowing enough to like collect some? Do you have vials that you'd like to collect them in? I have a water skin. You want to use your water skin what? to no. collect this? <laughs> what are you going to drink water out of from, from now until forever? <laughs> you do collect a fang in this process, and you make sure there's no venom on it, so it's where you can keep it on you. Okay, thanks. I like how Dave straight up pulled out the because I said so. <laughs> like when you're a kid and you're making a good point and you're fucking right, and they're just like, shut up. Go to your room. And so are y'all settling in for a rest of some sort? Around Basically, yeah. Right. Yep. So you settle in around a campfire as the ape gets it going and uh, start to chat. As the five of you settle in for a rest, you look north on the horizon and see waves of blue and green lights in the night sky. This aurora of blue and green light dances alongside one another. These streams of light begin to brighten slowly as the night lingers on. Finch, this is new to you. You've never been this far north and didn't know this even existed. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm definitely like, I'm like staring like a tourist up at the sky, uh, probably unknowingly with my mouth a little open. And then maybe I might cue in and be like, is Lathansis magical itself? The, the body of land? What, what's going on? Dude, are you tripping out? I, I mean, are y- y'all are seeing this too, right? Seeing what? I'll just point. Oh, that that's there all the time, dude. All the time? Well, most of the time. I mean, when it's dark. I wonder if this is a location thing or if it's a third, fourth age thing. I've never seen anything like this. My aunt says it's Kafool's toenails. She's just rave- waving her feet in the air. <laughs> <laughs> what? I've just never heard of a, a a toenail story before like that. That's uh. Well, Kafool's a god, so 
I'm guessing her toenails aren't like ours toenails. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. No, I love, I love, it's wonderful. Kafool. Kafool's toenails. I don't know, man. That's just what she said. I miss my aunt. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I, well, what, what? what happened to your aunt? Oh, she's fine. I just, uh. <laughs> no, it's it's a long story. Like, uh, I just I don't I don't really hang out with my people anymore. I uh I kind of burned that bridge a long time ago. Ah, I see. I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, it's fine, dude. I've made a lot of progress. You know, I've really chilled out. I don't really have all those anger issues anymore. I just kind of let things go. And he's just gonna stare off into the distance. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I really like your mellow demeanor. It's uh, it's relaxing. It's good. It's important to have an outlet, they say. And uh, just whenever I'm, you know, fighting or you know, punching and kicking something, I can just let all that out. After it's all over, I can just enjoy the toenails. <laughs> yeah, enjoy the toenails, and then I'll just kind of. My shoulders will, like, relax and drop a little bit as I look back at the sky. Whenever he, I guess, looks back at the group, I'll just kind of, like, point at him, and then I'll, uh, like, slam my uh, fist in my in the palm of my hand. Slam one of my fists in the palm of my other hand, and then point at him and point to the sky and do, like, a motion like he's falling and just kind of... You're still in ape form? Yes. Um, yeah, the impact hurt. Uh, yeah, no, I, I fell. Um... He said, where? You? How? And I'll make the same motion with uh, slamming my uh, fist in my palm. Where are you from? Have you guys heard of the Universal Library? Is that? Shake my head. It's in the mountains of Somar. And uh, it's, it's a magical library to a degree. It, it seems very small, but when you open it, it's ginormous. It's never-ending almost. But it's a, it's a place where... Every book, every tome, every piece of written information that is important, there's a copy that is made and stored there. Me and my companions were there, and, well, there's a lot you guys don't know. I'll motion for him to talk more. Well, you know how the first two ages, they reach 3,000 years? I'll nod. I will nod. Your age gets cut short. It, uh... (laughs) I'll get very wide-eyed. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to end or, sometime after uh, the year 1000. And, uh, well, it, it's not in, all ending. It's just the beginning of a new age. So, in my time, there is a struggle to keep Asus, as we know it, balanced. And in the struggle for balance and peace and equality, there are these keys, uh, you could say, that are made. There's four of them. They're called the Four Orbs. And... Uh, Somehow, I'm blessed and or cursed to be their protector in my time. I'm trying to collect them and protect them and uh, help bring the balance that Asus needs. And in this library, I was searching for the fourth one. I almost had them all. And uh, when I was grabbing onto it, I was transported to the future, actually. the Even more future from, from where I'm from. And... Then when I was there, I didn't have any of the orbs and everything seemed fine. So I thought I was off the hook. And then I was, you know, gallivanting around with this other group of people. And I saw one of these orbs again. So I, you know, again, just instinctively, I just needed to, 
be its protector. I went for it, and as soon as I grabbed it, back into another portal, and out I popped onto this chimera over here. And I guess quite a long way into the past. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it sounds far-fetched. I'm sure it's a lot to take in and to believe, but you know, I, I don't know how you would make this stuff up. And then, you know, I guess as I say it, too, I'll just go ahead and reach in, and I'm going to slowly pull out the red orb so that they believe me and see what I'm talking about. I'm not going to hand it to anybody. I'm going to uh, reach my hand out. And I'm going to kind of slowly pull back. I'm sorry. It's You could get hurt. Something about my bloodline. One of the guardians of my time I am a descendant of, and it's the reason that I can be the protector of these orbs. Uh, many people have died trying to hold them. You, you are God? Um, no, no. I wouldn't. I wouldn't stake that claim, but I'm a descendant. Hey, if a god was here in the flesh to test us, would he tell us he was a god? Mm. No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can assure you I'm not, but I I do just do think that the next step is for me to find another one of these here. And whenever I grab it, I will probably be taken away uh, to another place to hopefully grab the third one. Have you noticed any imbalances in your area? Things that are a little more dangerous, a little more different than normal? I'm just going to turn and look at the chimera. Same. (laughs) I was going to point at it. Okay, so so these aren't... This isn't normal for y'all. No. Uh, Dorla. Well, I think you're going to have one of these orbs around here. And, uh, well, I mean, really, if you guys are willing to help me find it, that would be wonderful. If you have any clues or ideas... For the greater good, I, I promise you. That's all. That's all I care about is Asus and its people. Mm. Hold out, and I'll point to, towards the orb, and I'll extend it in front of me. Uh, and I want to use my magical awareness on it again. So I'll just like hover my uh, scarred arm over it, and you'll see it start to like light and tingle again. And I just want to sort of get like a sense of this magic from this orb. Okay. Uh, yeah, it is definitely magical. Um, usually with detect magic, and I assume that's going to work the same way, you see some sort of color that illuminates some sort of aura. Uh, with this, it's kind of like a rainbow of colors. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't really fester one specific color or anything, and what you can interpret from that is it's just raw arcane energy. Mm, yes, magic. Uh, I, I will try to sense. Thank you, thank you. I'll put it back away. <laughs> if if we help these monstrosities to disappear? Well, I can't guarantee it. I, I do think it should help, for sure. That's that's generally the way the things go when I've found the orbs. Uh, when when I, I find it, we kind of take it away and solve whatever the issue is. Uh, yeah, I, I can't guarantee it, but I, I, th- I do think it would help. I'll, uh, I'll nod at him, and then I'll just hold up one finger, and then I'll slowly transform back into my elderly elven body, and I'll, oh. <laughs> and I'll say, I, I think I know a spell that will work for this. Hold on one second. And I'll uh, sit down and pull out some material components and a trophy that I've collected somewhere as an offering. Okay, what kind of trophy? I'll, uh, I'll look over at uh, Petra and say, uh, can, can I see that uh, trophy that you took from the camera, please? Petra's still holding it in the linen. Wasn't my kill anyway, and I'll pass it over. And I'll gingerly take the uh, cloth that it's wrapped in and lay it down in front of me, and I'm going to cast Divination. Okay. 
So uh, which god are we speaking to? L'Oreal. All right. And so you lay out your uh, materials for this ritual spell and you begin to cast it. We'll say that your eyes kind of do glaze over a little and then you hear him say, Where could we find one of these orbs that our new companion is asking about? And as you ask this, Dalevin, everyone's eyes and heads except for Dalevin kind of shifts to the sky again. And those northern lights, that aurora of blue and green, starts to bend towards the ground, almost like making a funnel to a single point. And Dalevin, your eyes unglaze as you catch wind of what's happening as well. And you watch for a moment before you feel a rumble in the ground. It intensifies to a strong earthquake and it shakes for almost three minutes as the aurora seems to get sucked into the ground, dimming the night sky. And as these blue and green lights fade away completely, the rumbling stops. You each look at each other, confused and in silence. As the northern lights are now gone, the aurora is completely vanished. But then all of the sudden, the blue and green light shoots straight into the air and a shockwave spreads across the land. The trees shake, boulders roll over and down the mountain. And when it comes to another calm, you look to the north and see a beam of light, a spiral of green and blue humming in the distance. Did I even mention that my character was a monk? I didn't mention I my ra- my class either. I didn't say my name, so. Yeah, I, I noticed that, yeah. <laughs> All right, from the top. We're a little less uniform this go around. <laughs> Whatever.